Welcome to Mental Awareness Discussion, the MAD Podcast, with Miles Weber, Heather Weber, and Susan Thompson. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the MAD Podcast, the Mental Awareness Discussion, brought to you, as always, by Broken Drip Productions and Banana Bros. Follow at Broken Drip Productions and at AZ Banana Bros on social media. You can get all your cool Banana Bros swag on there, and you can follow us at Broken Drip Productions on YouTube for all the coolest content, including this podcast. My name is Miles Weber. I'll be your host for this show, and with me, as always, is my co-host in life and on this podcast, my wife, Heather Weber, hello, dear. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Fantastic. I'm doing wonderful. There isn't a small leaky human screaming on my chest right now, so I'm doing great. It's awesome. Um, Today, very excited uh, to have our guest with us uh, this morning. So um, we're going to go ahead and introduce him right now. Um, There are people in the professional wrestling world who know him as Kenny King, and the rest of the world in Bachelor Nation know him as Kenny Lane. Kenny, how are you doing, man? Thanks for being Uh, here today. Thank you for having me. I'm doing great. Right on, man. So why don't you go ahead and tell everybody uh, listening a little bit about yourself and where people might know you from? Well, uh, my name is Kenny. Uh, I live in Las Vegas, Nevada. I've been a professional wrestler for the better part of for a little bit over 20 years now. Um, you probably see, you might have seen me there. I started uh, my career in pro wrestling on a TV show called Tough Enough, which was on MTV about 20 years ago. Um which was like a like the precursor to the ultimate fighter you know they, they took eight men five women and they trained us to become wrestlers and uh and then i was stuck um so i've been wrestling for 20 years and you may or may not have seen me uh on a little show on abc called the bachelor where uh myself and 29 other men vouched vied for love uh and affections of one rachel Lindsay. Mm-hmm. and then i got to go to the beach and i did bachelor in paradise so uh that's kind of my life in 45 seconds or so Beautiful. Wonderful. <clears throat> the tough enough thing is fun because when my wife and I met, um, God, 12 years ago now, right? You know, or mm-hmm. 11. Yeah. Uh, 12, 12 years, years ago, ago, she was, uh, when we first met, we were friends first for like three years, but when we first met, she was auditioning for tough enough. I um, did not know that. Yeah. I was. Yeah. That was, that was part of how we bonded. Yes. I met her and her boyfriend at the time and her and I talked about professional wrestling for like a half hour in front of him and he just hated me internally. Um, so yeah, man, tough enough. It's, it's legit. So that's a blast from the past. I'd love to bring that up. Um, so yes. So first we'll kind of, um, we'll start with the bachelor world things and then we'll get into the professional wrestling side of things. Um, what is it that kind of led you to kind of submit to, to get into that world and be a part of that process? Was it a friend who recommended to you? Were you following the bachelor up until that point? How did that happen? Uh, you know, uh, I've been asked this question a million times, and I still mm-hmm. don't know. Um, I got a phone call one day um, from a from an ABC producer, and so I, I, you know, I've got a few pe- people in the television industry who I suspect, but I still don't really know who who uh, dropped my name. But um, you know, I got a phone call one day from a from ABC, ABC producer, like, "Hey, do you uh, do you think about being on The Bachelor, or The Bachelorette?" So. Being in the wrestling business, um, one of the things that you learn really early on is that you be careful, beware of phone calls that uh, are too good to be true because, you know, the, uh, uh, hey, Kenny, this is Vince McMahon. That that has happened to many a, a, a guy. So uh, me thinking it was somebody trying to rib me, I was uh, my first response was, well, you know, I'm black, right? 
there was a uh, uncomfortable silence and then he laughed and then I laughed and I was like oh wait this is serious okay well my bad so uh yeah so that was um that was my very first that, that's how it happened I got a phone call and then I had to submit like 35 uh individual like different pictures of myself I'm like who has 35 pictures of themselves and it was a stack of paperwork um and even then I still didn't think it was going to be a thing mm-hmm. you know um, until I got the phone call to, hey, we'd really like for you to do this. And then um, I can remember, because I'd never watched The Bachelor or The Bachelorette ever before, so I remember calling my mom and uh, was like, Ma, you ever seen The Bachelor Bachelorette? She was like, no. I was like, well, can you go watch like four or five episodes and let me know if I should do this or not? <laughs> and, uh, and she watched about four or five episodes and she called me and she was like, um, you don't have any idea what you're getting yourself into, do you? And I was like, no, but that's why, that's why you're supposed to watch this. You got to tell me, should I do this or not? And she was, yeah. So she was like, go ahead. And uh, that's how it happened. It was the same conversation had with your mom about tough enough. Like, Hey, my, you ever watch professional wrestling? You should probably go give this a watch. <laughs> no, uh, I was a wrestling, I was a wrestling kid. Uh, I mean, I can remember getting into it with my dad, um, because I wanted to play football, but I was a brat, like a big wrestling fan. And I can remember Monday nights, my dad would come in and be like, you should be watching Monday night football. Why are you watching this stupid wrestling? You'll never get, you're not going to do this. You're going to play football. Eh, guess what, dad? Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so it was, uh, it was, it was really kind of a tough, like tough enough was uh, more of a, a, like a placeholder because I just moved to Las Vegas to play football at UNLV. And then, through a lot of, uh, you know, coaching nonsense, my transcripts got held and I couldn't play that a year. So I actually ended up trying out for tough enough because I wasn't playing football. And 20 years later, here we are. Beautiful. Well, we I think love it. yeah, we were, you were probably robbed on tough enough. You were way better than Maven's eyebrows could ever be. Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> but uh, so, yeah, man. Okay. Fascinating. Fascinating. So um, you get into the bachelorette. you're in that whole world the time that you hopped on it was a few years ago that was kind of the beginning phases of social media really being this underlying thing to do with the bachelor world but also just kind of like reality tv in general and now it's kind of the forefront of people being motivated to be on reality tv is there's this kind of underlying thing about social media following you know being an influencer and stuff like that when you were on the show how much of your experience what what was your experience like seeing that was it a, a, a big factor did you have any concerns about it did you think it was interesting what were your thoughts on the social media aspect of being on the bachelorette were you like get did you get any shit online things like that uh so i kind of feel like i've got it from 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 uh different perspectives right like from mm-hmm. tough enough um there was no social media like yeah. the only you know, there were message boards about tough enough too, right? Like that's, that, that was where you, and that was, I think that was like the first time I'd even like, like uh, experience like what message boards were and like, you know, people and, and the internet and all of their wonderful comments. Um, so like when I did the bachelorette, I feel like it was, I feel like from where it is now, it's, it's, it was about 70% of the way, like you had people that were trying to do it for cloud. You had people trying to do it for, uh, for exposure, and usually, you know, you, you see those people and, and they weed themselves out pretty early. Um, but uh, if for me, it was, I see, I guess I just uh, maybe it underestimated um, Bachelor Nation and like the, 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 the massive uh, 
span of this country that that really, really uh, covers. I mean, and and like how really, really engaged they are. I mean, there's really no difference between pro wrestling fans and Bachelor Nation fans. Like they're very, very engaged in their in their who they like, who they don't like. They, the entire thing is very, uh, it's very similar. And I was unaware. Um, so it was the thing about. Um, I didn't really know how it was going to change my life, but, um, but it definitely did. And, you know, just like anything, right. Like I get people that tell me how wonderful I am because they don't like what I do as a wrestler. Right. And, you know, Monday nights you get, uh, you know, all kinds of, well, Kenny is this and Kenny that, like I've learned to kind of grow like a thick skin um, for all the, uh, for all the internet trolls. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You got to, I mean, have to, Go ahead, dear. Did you have a- I was just saying you have to. Yeah. You have to, especially like you said, with with wrestling, because we're in both worlds, like as far as fans go. Yeah. And yeah, wrestling fans will let you know and Bachelor Nation fans will let you know and they will make memes and whatever <laughs> facial expression you make, you will be a meme for the rest of time. So, yeah, you have to have t- tough skin. Don't don't sleep on uh, the meme game of Bachelor Nation, man. Like you'd, uh, you you should not. Years of seeing professional wrestling fans make clever signs, nothing compared to the the meme game <laughs> from Bachelor Nation. They they can be ruthless to say the least. Um, so, from the perspective of somebody who was on the inside, are what are there any aspects of being on that show and in that world that you? don't see on TV when it's all finally edited and done. What aspects of it that we don't see are emotionally and mentally taxing to be a part of, would you say? Well, I think everything that you don't see, um, like you, what you have to understand is that you go from, like you don't have a phone, uh, there's no TV, there's no music, uh, there's no internet. Uh, I don't even know if we got a newspaper. So it is a completely detached world from you know you're what you're coming from being interactive and everything and doing what you're doing and then you know you uh they isolate you for a period of time and then you are you know if you get into the house then you are in this completely isolated environment where the only time that you get any kind of um outside interactions when you either leave the mansion or you leave the hotels to go on dates and whatnot. And, and even then you only interact with the people that you're around, you know, you don't interact with anybody else. So um, it's uh, it can be difficult because it's uh, I think that's how they create the, you know, that's how people break down and that's why the tears happen and all those things, because you don't have an outlet. You really are just focused on this, this, this one thing. Uh, and at the end of the, the root of this thing is competition and it's, and it's, you know, you're, 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 it's, it's love and it's competition. So you're trying to, you know, it's emotional and it's, and it's, uh, <laughs> it's just a, 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 a world where um, you're solely focused uh, on, on a particular thing or a particular couple of things. Right. And um, and I feel like that's where the, the the emotional taxing and the mental taxing comes in because um, there's really no outlet. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. So that's because to me, yeah, that sounds like if you are coming onto the show and you already aren't in a place where you've done some work on your own mental health to at least be a certain degree of sh- strong, you're going to be put in a situation where you're going to be pretty close to spiraling 
Like, because like you said, the isolation, not being able to see or contact the outside world, only being able to kind of like have a human interaction and connection in certain like compartmentalized phases and everything. That's a lot for any person, but I think it definitely makes more sense when we watch reality TV and we see people acting quote unquote crazy or having a breakdown and stuff. People are like, what's wrong? These people are just all messed up. It's like, yeah, there's probably a lot of truth to that, but there's also kind of like a poking of the bear that's being had in their environment right now so that it doesn't necessarily aid to them being completely gung-ho about the, the 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 mental parameters of the situation you're in um we've talked a lot about like the future of reality tv and where we think there could be room for positive growth and uh kind of a evolution as it were if there was more of a mental health uh professionals touch in reality tv from a person who was on the inside is there any area of that franchise or any area of reality TV that you experienced where you think having a mental health professional would be most beneficial, either maybe at the tell all when we're breaking stuff down at the end of the season, or maybe like it's something that's kind of checked in while it's on TV. Or do you think just having somebody behind the scenes off screen is enough? What are your thoughts on where a mental health professional will be most beneficial in reality TV world? Um, to to all of their credit to the credit of the shows that i've been on there has been one and the okay. strangest thing is the exact same doctor who gave me my mental screening for tough enough is the same one who gave me my screening for the bachelor like it made really i, I, could, I could not believe it she wow. recognized me and i was like are you and then we talked about a couple and i was like oh my god it is you it's it was unbelievable she's just look she's looking at me and she's smiling my walk in she and we're talking a little she's like you probably don't realize this but we did this for tough enough and <laughs> i mean that's wow 16, that's wild 17 years later right so um there is i i think you know um to the best of my knowledge a pretty ex pretty extensive mental health screening um they they do go through um I, and there are multiple rounds of it kind of to kind of filter out um, people who may or may not be able to handle it. Um, okay. So I don't know exactly what would be uh, a better step that they could take. I mean, even Paradise, like every single aspect of the uh, of the Bachelor uh, shows that I've been on, um, there's been a, a mental health professional there. Hey, mm -hmm. well, oh, and and even to uh, on your way out, you know, you, they debrief you. You know, you debrief them. That you kind of let mm -hmm. them. Is there anything that you? Uh, I can't remember the questions, but they, you know, they check on you to make sure that you're okay. Um, so do they continue I'm, to check on you after the show or is it just once you're off, you're off? Oh no. Oh no. Once you're off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they just want to make sure they're not sending you on a plane, uh, sending you home to go blow up your, you know, your immediate situation. <laughs> um, you know, they're not going to check on you three, four five, six down the line, but for sure. Um, and, and to be fair, Okay, so then maybe that's it, right? Maybe once the show airs, um, that would be something uh, that that maybe they could do because um, it's it's a completely different situation. Like when you're going through it, and then once the show airs, like and then mm -hmm. especially with social media and and how uh, you you are perceived, and if you have allowed yourself to be perceived in certain ways, that comes off. I mean, <laughs> you know how it comes off. How people you know claim their edits. Mm -hmm. make them look a certain mm -hmm. way um and you know some maybe there's some truth and validity to some of that but uh 
that's where I feel like a lot of the, the mental breakdowns and 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 some of the, the 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 negative effects might be really happening when you see yourself on TV and you see For what sure. happened. And um, and then that's kind of like where some of those bad feelings might come back up. Yeah, that makes sense. How did you because the show throughout, you seemed like a very cool guy. You didn't you know, go off the rails at all. You seemed very level headed the entire time. Were there certain things that you were doing to kind of keep holding yourself together or is that just you to a T? Um, I mean, there were, there were parts like I, I uh, it's just it's such a difficult situation um, after a while, right? Like once, mm-hmm. a, once time goes by and, you know, like that, my daughter, me missing my daughter was a huge part of it. Like I, I had just not been, you know, I'm wrestling or whatnot. Like I'm, I'm away. I could be overseas, but I'm still uh, in relative contact with her. And I, I didn't like being overseas at that point either. Um, so that was um, for me, like the biggest mental challenge um, for everything else. I just felt like my game plan going into it was just, um, just to be authentic and just mm-hmm. kind of, <clears throat> not um, not give them any room to <laughs> to paint me in any other way other than and how I am. So I and I feel like that's one of the biggest compliments that I got from like some of my close friends uh, when they came off. I had one particular who was like, "Bro, we watched it every week just so I could clown you, just so I could point out and write out, oh, look how fake he is, look at this." And and uh, and because he's that kind of friend, right? But he was like, "Bro, every every week, uh, I was like, that's my boy right there, that's my boy right there." So um, I don't know. I just uh, I feel like if you're just you and you just kind of yeah. present uh, the most authentic version of yourself, then that and then that shows. Mm-hmm. did they let you talk to your daughter at all or no yeah no that was um that was something that I was very appreciative also I, I feel like I was the first one um in the in the show's history they let me FaceTime her like, like I would want to abuse it we had once a week or uh and whatnot but see once they realized that like <laughs> our conversations were good and they get emotional then all of a sudden they'd be like hey do you want to text FaceTime Mackenzie today I'm like no I'm fine thank you uh you know but <laughs> It was uh, it, it was really cool in them. I really appreciated that because that was that was one of the main things. I was like, I don't think I'll be able to go away for like eight or nine weeks. I'll be able to talk to my kid. And they're like, all right, well, we'll make this concession. Yeah, no, that makes sense. We just had our first two months ago. And yeah, like just the idea of like being gone for a couple hours a day. I'm like, I don't know. That's a lot right now. So yeah. well, congratulations. Yeah. Uh, yeah Thank so you. you get it. Yeah. As a a comic, you know, traveling has already been hard to be away from my wife. And now I have very luckily and fortunately not been away from my son as long as he's been alive so far. I've actually been able to see every day. And but the idea of having to leave one day and like, I'll be right back is like, "Mm, yeah, yeah. Even just for a little bit. So the fact that you were you went weeks, man. Dear Lord, that's hats off to you. It was tough. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I do want to talk about, um, a little bit to do with the mental health aspect of professional wrestling side of things. So like, just as we kind of touched on what are some of the things that people don't understand about the mental health aspect, the things that are emotionally tasking in reality TV, what about professional wrestling? Cause that's like, oddly there are parallels I feel like between professional wrestling and reality TV world. But then there's some things that are like so violently different. And I mean that pun on purpose. So, um, 
So uh, yeah, go ahead and get into that a little bit. If, if people didn't under, didn't know this about professional wrestling and the emotional and mentally taxing mm-hmm. aspects of it, what do you, what would you say they are? I mean, it's an incredible emotional business. People think mm-hmm. it's just well, it's it's it is it is. Uh, I mean, I don't even know. I'd give I'd give the physicality maybe like the the short end of the stick, and I'd go forty percent mental, forty percent emotional. Um, you have to be able to connect with your audience to, you know, you could be the, and it, and it has been the case for you. You're the most, you can be the most physically gifted. You could look the part, but if you can't connect emotionally with your audience, then you're not going to be a very successful professional wrestler. So, um, that part of it, um, is, is it's, it's very, it's, it's, it's very much an art, right? Like, and, and we treat it like, like such um, at the highest level. So the way that, you know, artists and musicians are very sensitive about the things that they put out and things that they, they do, uh, you know, pro wrestlers are no different. And uh, <laughs> some of the, 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 the most macho and, and, and uh, um, you know, what's another word I could use? For but the, these guys that have all this bravado are some of the most insecure people on planet Earth, right? And and uh, what people don't realize is, you know, uh, man, ninety percent of professional wrestling are are vanity searching, right? So so they're seeing your comments, and it's and it's a thing, you know, you have th- thick skin or whatnot, and some people don't, and 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 um, it affects people uh, in this industry to various various levels, and and. Uh, a lot of the things that people do are motivated by how they're perceived by the fans in their own head. So, um, you know, it, it has really difficult and, and, and um, disastrous effects like, uh, you know, rest in peace to, to uh, uh, the Japanese wrestler who mm-hmm. took her own life and a friend mm-hmm. of mine, Daphne Shannon Sproul, Last year, she took her own life because, I mean, sometimes it's just real difficult to kind of reconcile uh, the character from the person. Um, yeah. And um, it's, 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 it is very, <laughs> the, the, the ups and the downs and the pushes and, and the, you know, sometimes you, 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 what's happening behind the scenes. There's a lot of things that, that, that affect a uh, guy's mental state. Um, and for the most part, we're just supposed to just shrug it off and just, you know, and, and just have this persona. Um, so it's it's a lot more cerebral, a lot more mental and emotional than, than anybody. I mean, anybody that's in the business, uh, when you get into it, you're like, well, damn, half of these people need therapy. And, uh, and that's just real. Yeah. Yeah. Do um, any of the organizations that you've worked for offer that at all or a sports psychologist or anything like that? No, I've, I've not been involved in anything like that. Mm. Uh, okay. None of the organizations, <clears throat> the national, the national ones that I know of uh, or international ones do. I mean, damn, they okay. barely want to, you know, they barely want to offer us health care. So mental health care is considered luxury, you know? Oh, yeah, always, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. I say the same thing with stand-up comedy all the time. They aren't going to give us health care and mental. It's like, you're on your own, Bob. Right. It was interesting when you said, like, the some of the most macho guys have, like, the biggest clearing insecurities, and I just thought of the macho man just being like, oh, Miss Elizabeth said that these sunglasses make my ass look fat, and I don't know what to do, brother. <laughs> just, look, at how, look, at how, look at how possessive he was over her. Right? Very excruciating. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. So that that, that in itself is the whole thing. There you go. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, and like you said, pe- people or, you know, fans have an issue separating the character from the person because Miles and I were just talking about this with The Rock, you know, because there's like tweets and stuff like coming up from when he was The Rock in that character and people are trying to get him canceled. It's like, okay, so you're upset about what he said as a character. So like people really can't differentiate the difference of those. And so they hold the character being who you actually are. And that's where, you know, extra hate on social media, like we talked about comes from. Yeah. Uh, you know, people are just selective with what they want to cancel and what they don't, you know what I mean? And that's, that is the, uh, that's the slippery slope we, we're on right now because, you know, it's, it's, it's only canceling if you don't, if, if they disagree with you and, or, you know, it just, it's just silly. Mm-hmm. It's a very strange thing because I mean it's like <laughs> you got offended by what did he say? Okay, and what was his name? Oh, The Rock. You were offended by a grown man who is playing a character. He called himself The Rock. So please hold yeah. that same energy as you continue to call him. Well, The Rock said, did he now? Yeah. Yeah. it's like you don't even understand how silly what you're saying is (laughs) like he was being a character man uh now like to that effect i feel like especially professional wrestling the the lines between your character and who you are in real life are really getting blurred right now because there's a lot of the content is a lot of behind the scenes stuff you're seeing more of like the kayfabe is being thrown down by the wayside and you're seeing more of like who these characters really are but they still play the character on tv um what do you think is there anything you think, uh, when you think of the future of the re- professional wrestling industry, what does it look like if it is made and designed in such a way that it, there's more advocacy for the professional wrestlers, for the athletes? What what does a supportive industry look like for you guys? Um, uh, what does a supportive industry look like? Well, the opposite of the one we have. Um, right? Um, well, uh, I mean, physical, you know, uh, uh, I mean, you know, WWE is pretty good at it and other, uh, other companies are pretty good at it, but like, um, you know, I, I would just think the mental health aspect of it, right. Because of this is such a performance-based industry and, and, and because there's so many, uh, insecure, uh, people in, and not just in, 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 in the ring like in the in the back the writers the people who book the shows there's so many people who absolutely need some sort of uh some kind of mental reckoning um and i just mm-hmm. feel like it would just be you know industry-wide it would just make the entire thing better you would have less i mean you, you look at how many people we have lost due to uh you know substance abuse and you have to attribute that to uh, either the pain that they suffer due to their years in the industry or the things that they've lost due to the years in the industry. Um, you know, pro wrestling just doesn't destroy bodies, it destroys families, it, do, it does a lot of things. So um, that you, you have so many people that look to to substances and, 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 uh, and other things like that to try to numb not just the physical pain, but the, but the mental pain. And that's how so many people have died in hotel rooms where you find, Oh my God, this person's gone. That, that person's gone. So um, there's been enough of that to where, you know, you, there should be some sort of overhaul uh, at least, you know, in every major professional wrestling company, like some sort of, Hey, you know, you, if you need to talk to somebody, this is who we have on, on payroll, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. Think, so, uh, 
I don't know, like I said, it's, it just became a thing where they wanted to have trainers and people backstage to help us, you know, physically. So uh, I don't, I've never understood why uh, mental health is looked at as, as secondary physical health. If, if, you, if your brain doesn't work, your body don't work, you know? So um, it's weird. But if your mind is too strong, you can't be controlled properly, right? Like, there I mean, that's uh, at the end of the day, <laughs> one side's greater good is always going to outweigh. So, yeah, I feel like that's why, like, you see so many industries where we're like, why aren't we doing anything with mental health in this industry? And like professional wrestling, man, it's just people don't get it. You've got you're in an industry where you're on the road, like 300 plus days a year. You're away from your family. You might be on TV being one character. So let's say you're a heel. So you're catching heat. So like people hate you in the public eye. But then you got to be this gentle person on the phone with your family. Uh, you're constantly in pain because you've this is like I wrestled on Monday. Now we're going to do a Tuesday at show. We're going to travel for two days. Friday, Saturday, we got to go. Then we got a Sunday pay-per-view. I'm going to be on Monday night. And then it's just like over and over again. It's so demanding physically, emotionally. And like you said, the insecurities of the gatekeepers, the ones who are booking things. Well, I want to write this because it's my show and I've been on this for a long time. And who are you to supersede me? You know? So yeah, like, like you said, just something as simple as like, can we get a therapist just to be like, Hey homie, you good? Like, it doesn't seem like you're asking for much, it, you know, well, especially how many times we've seen, I mean, just, just in WWE, I'm sure other organizations have done it too, where there's personal issues that get brought to light and like, Hey, yeah, there is actual beef between you guys. Let's use that. Let's run that. I mean, you know, freaking the Matt Hardy and edge story with Lita. Yeah. There's actual issues. Let's run well, let's that. Make that a gimmick. Like, wait, but do you have, they talked about it yet? You know what I yeah. mean? Like, it was yeah. crazy that was crazy that was a wild time for sure and yeah times are getting wilder yeah so um well dear do you have any more questions for kenny, for kenny before we ride off into the sunset i don't think so i think you've covered so much and i greatly appreciate you coming on here and opening yeah. up about your life and your experiences and this has been awesome and very educational and hopefully everybody else thinks so too absolutely man thank you so much for being on we appreciate it why don't you let people know uh where they can follow you and find you online all that fun stuff yeah all of my socials are the same it's uh, at kenny king pb2 uh instagram twitter uh tiktok my tiktoks are terrible so uh, i'm working on getting better at those but yeah so follow me everywhere for sure, for sure. Right on. Go follow him on all the socials. You can follow me at Miles Bubba Joker on all the socials. Uh, you, Heather runs the uh, social media for the podcast at Mad Podcast on Instagram. And again, make sure you follow at Brokerage Productions and at AZ Banana Groves on social media. My name is Miles Weber. We'll see you next time, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Talk to you later.